Man, aren't you glad? Aren't you glad for the blood of Jesus? That's the reason we can, we can stand before God on Judgment Day without a worry because of the blood of Jesus. That's the reason we can spend eternity in the presence of a holy God because the blood of Jesus has taken, taken away the sin problem that we ever one have. So my prayer is that everyone here today knows that they have been covered by the blood of Jesus, that they've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Amen? Let's see what we can do. the blood of the Lamb. Do you rest each moment in the crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? When the bridegroom cometh, will your robes be white, pure and white in the blood of the Lamb? Will your soul be ready for the mansion bride and be washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Lay aside the garments that are stained with sin and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean. Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless, are they white as Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Give Him praise. Amen. Father God, we thank You and praise You for Jesus, Your one and only Son who came and gave His life, died on a cross, a sinless sacrifice for the sinner. Lord, You just you took care of us. 
you drew us to you. You opened our eyes. Oh, how we pray for anyone that's never received Jesus. Even those that may be, may be blinded, to, that, that, that can't see, or maybe those that, that think they are. Lord, just open their eyes. Oh, it's so good. So good to be in your house, to be with your people, just to worship you today. We give you this time as we, we celebrate the shed blood of Jesus and what he did for us here today, Lord, in this communion service. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, man, I'll call you back in a little bit. <laughs> wow, it is so good to see you today and um, serve a great God. Amen. God's good. Why don't you just give him a hand and. Um, You hadn't been blessed like I've been blessed, folks. God's good, isn't he? Yeah, he's good all the time. I can tell you, if you've been where I was this week, you'd say, thank God for the rain today. Thank God for the air condition. You never complain about being too cold again. But folks, God is the God of all things, and he is, he is the reason that we can stand today, that we have life today. He's the reason that we can be happy, happy, happy. And I pray that you are happy in Jesus Christ today. I want to thank God that each of you could come out and, and be with us today. As we come, we worship the Lord. And you may have already noticed around us in the back of us, today is the day we're celebrating as we call Men's Day. It's the day that we challenge our men and just get them together. And our guys have come up and... Um, and we're, or our choir, you know, but I, I saw some other guys standing out there. I, hey, guy, I don't know what it's all about, but you need to be up here singing. You might not can carry a tune in the bucket, but at least you need to bring your bucket with you. Anyhow, you try, you know. Um, you know. What some of us do is just move our lips and let the others sing. But, um, guys, we, we need to get together. We just need to recognize this. God has blessed us by giving us the responsibility to meet a man. Let's be the men that God wants us to be. And that's what we're going to be focusing on today as we come, we worship the Lord. But, but gals, we, we, we thank God for you too. I can tell you what. And um, you sure brighten up our days and you bring, you just complete us as men. And we just thank God for each of you to come out and being with us today. If you're visiting with us, good to have you with us. And what we ask you to do is let, just make yourself feel at home. Make yourself Feel like you're part of the family today. Let our people reach out and love on you today in the name of Jesus Christ as we serve our, our, our mighty God and our mighty Savior. And a few things we do want to remind you of as we, we go into today. Today's the first day, first Sunday of the month. We're going to be celebrating the Lord's Supper in just a moment. Um, everyone stays in here today as we worship together. It's kind of a family day for us, um, the, the first month, uh, the first Sunday of the month. And so, um, kids, good to have you in here with us and worshiping with us today. And and we thought it'd be good, boy. We want our, our young boys and young girls to see their dads up here and singing and, and participating in the service today. And, um, and, and that's just so good. But let me just mention some things that we need you to, 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 to make a, a mental note of. First of all, next week, not this coming week, but there's a flyer within your bulletin about Celebrate Recovery, about what is Celebrate Recovery. Folks, I believe this is one of the most important ministries that we are embarking on. Um, in, in years and years, and I, it can impact our church, it can impact our community. And folks, don't think that this is a ministry about someone else. We are one of those people. Every one of us in this, every one of us, if you, walk, if you opened your eyes today, and you walked in today, let me tell you, you have hurts, hang-ups, and habits. We all have problems. And you know, you may live in denial, but you're not fooling me. 
And um, so this is a ministry that can help us each within this. So, you know, there, and, and our hurts, hang-ups, and habits shows up in a lot of different places. But one thing that at the church that we need to begin to do is we need to begin to take the mask off. Probably there's, there's probably more lying goes on on Sunday morning in the church. How are you doing? Oh, I'm okay. You're lying like a dog, you know? You've been fussing with your wife this morning, man. Your finances are all messed up. Your, your gallbladder's hurting you. You're not, you know, and you, but, you know, hey, I'm okay. Folks, we need one another. And that's one thing that Celebrate Recovery does is helps us to be honest with ourselves and then applying the Word of God to it and just, just allowing God to work. We need each other to lean upon. Most of all, we need the Lord. So I encourage you to be praying for this ministry, be involved, be spreading the Word about this particular ministry as we are just excited about that. Also, we have a marriage conference coming up and on the 19th and 20th of September. Where it's going to be done right here. And it's, 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 a, it's a conference that we did many years ago where a group of us went over to Jacksonville, but we felt that everyone needed to be a part of this. This is a, a conference that's, that's, what did you expect? You know, again, as I've shared with you, that normally when I, when I, I um, start meeting with, with couples before they get married, boy, you can just see the stars just, you know, just, 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 you know, she's, she's looking at him thinking he's Prince Charming and, and, um, and, and, and he's looking at her that, you know, she's just that, got that flowing white dress. Boy, do we get disappointed once we get married. You, what did you expect? Marriage is hard, dear friends. But you know what? God can use it for something special. It doesn't matter whether you're, you're, you're thinking about getting married or you're newlywed or you've been married for 50 years. I can promise you this will help you out. But we need you to go ahead and sign up so we'll understand and we'll know how many people to expect for that and, um, and to work through that. So be, be, be remember that. Also, something extremely important. This is from the church business side uh, of the world. Our, our, our um, new, this year is ending very soon. Our new year will begin. Folks, we still need some church council nominations. And, you know, if you've been getting around to it, getting them in, you, to, you need to go ahead and do that. Otherwise, I'm going to start appointing some people. And um, we, we need that. And so because this is an important, important ministry of our church, you don't understand just how important this is. But as, as boy, they work with the finances of the church, the plans of the church. And, boy, they're engaged in, in, in ministry in, in, that, in the administrative area of the church. And so we need highly qualified people that, 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 that loves to work within the administration, loves to give their opinion. That's a good place to give your opinion and because um, we can work it out. And so please turn those in and please um, be a part of that. And maybe you're thinking, maybe someone has asked you, nah, you don't, don't. listen to the Lord, what the Lord says. But John, you have, a, have an announcement? Man! That was it. <laughs> are we on? Are we, are we good? Uh, if you signed up a couple of weeks ago, we had a meeting uh, with uh, the choir and any prospective members. And uh, we had about, I think the last count was about 31 people that, that came down here. Um, we're going to meet this afternoon. At, I originally told you that we would start off with sectionals, but we're actually going to meet all together today at 6 o'clock. Not 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock. We're going to give you all the materials for the Christmas. The, the books are in. All the stuff is in. 
So come today at 6 o'clock, even if you didn't come to the meeting two weeks ago and you've been thinking about it, praying about it, you want to be involved with the Christmas production, come on anyway. And we're going to meet at 6 in the choir room to give you all the materials and discuss the goals uh, leading up to the production. Amen. Thank you. Wow. You know, you may seem early, but now's the time we're having a plan for Christmas. Will be a great production this year. A couple of things I just want to. This is just family stuff. Uh, Clay and Tabitha is going to be. This is our last Sunday with us, and so they're going to be moving up to Alabama. I pray you take a little bit of light up there, okay? Take a lot of Jesus up to Alabama. They need it up there. And um, but um, we thank God for you all and pray for them. And um, as they uh, with their children as 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 they're relocating for because of a job and. Ask you to just pray for them and, 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 and keep grandma and grandpa in your prayers too. I know it's, it's tough on them. And um, it's like one of our grandpas says, y'all can go wherever you want to, but keep the babies here, you know. And um, we, understand, we understand that now. It's also my blessing, boy, is there's very, very few times in the last many years that I've had all three of my daughters here today. And um, I thank God for them and my grandbabies. And so... Um, Wow, what a, what a joy that it is for, for them to come and share some time. As a matter of fact, deacons, if uh, we were had a, a meeting scheduled at, at 5 o'clock this afternoon, but if you'd let us uh, um, postpone that till next week, I, I, I need to get me some baby sugar this afternoon <laughs> while I can, and um, I'd appreciate that a whole lot. J.D. and Katie, it's good to see you with us. They're from, down from Wake Forest. A lot of people's come in, and it's so good to see you. Folks, we serve a great God, don't we? Man, you need to just stop for a moment and say, God, you're so good to me. And um, I just thank God for, for what he's done for us. And folks, it's all because of the cross. We can stand, the, very, the very understanding that we can stand and breathe today and I don't have to face condemnation tomorrow is because of the cross. Well, I read something this week as I, I shared a sermon with a group that I was with this past um, Sunday evening. Sermon called is it's all about the cross. Where, where, God, where Paul says, God forbid that I should boast in anything except in the cross of Jesus Christ. Because, folks, if it were not for the cross, every one of us would live uh, every second under condemnation. But because of the cross, I don't have to live that way. Praise God because of all of, even in all my hurts and hangups and habits and all of my stupid stupid the cross is taking care of that for me and you we need to get on our face we need to thank god that that lord if you've done nothing else for us other than just saved us from condemnation we need to rejoice in you but he's done so much more for us today we want to remember that which christ we're going to remember what christ has done for us we're going to remember the cross because the night before jesus christ was crucified he brought his disciples together and they 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 celebrating what was called the Passover meal, to look back and remembering how God had spared the children of Israel from the death angel for everyone who was under the blood of the Lamb. Jesus was that Lamb. He was the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world. And, and so right before he went to the cross, he, he, he took those symbols, that, that the bread and the blood, and he showed them, this is really a picture of me. So what we're doing today is a living picture. It's a living picture of what Christ has done for me. When we, 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 we look at that bread, that's a picture of the body of Christ that was broken for you and me. When we take of that cup, that's a picture of the blood that was shed for you and me. 
And folks, this has helps us. We know when I when I see a picture, when I was down in Honduras this week, I, I took some pictures because it helps remind me of that building that we build. And it, it, it reminds me of the work and some of the, the brothers that, that have worked alongside of it. it. It brings back memories. And that's what the Lord's Supper about. It's, 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 a, it's a picture to bring back that memory because we should never forget what Jesus has done for us. So today, this is a living picture of the death of Jesus Christ. Parents, this is a great picture for you to be able to go home and teach your children. This is why we like to have our children in with us when we do the Lord's Supper. Because you can go back and you can explain to them, this is what the bread means. This, this, is, this is what the cup means. That you can just use this picture to share the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ with your children. Don't miss that opportunity. And um, who is this for? It's for those who, who have placed their trust in the, the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that, that really understand what this is about. If, if, if you're not in that place in your life, I understand. I ask you to just sit back and watch other people because this is a holy time. But let me just read to you the words that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church of Corinth in 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter a very long writing about this particular moment where Paul writes this to, to teach the, the church at Corinth and us today about the importance of the moment. He said in 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, verse 23 and following, he says, For I have received with the Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also, he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is a new testament. It's a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. He says, For as often as you eat of this bread and you drink of this cup, you do show the Lord's death until he come. But then he gives us a very strong warning. And folks, we need to heed the warnings the Word of God teaches us. It says, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat of this bread and drink of this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Something else is this is an important time to do. is not only to remember what Christ has done for us, but folks, when we stand in the presence of the cross, it should reflect back on us. God, what about me? Am I living with presumptuous sin? Am I using the cross as a license that, 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 that well, I can just get out and do anything I want? No, we can't, folks. The cross should make us kneel down and say, God, I'm so sorry. And I just pray right now that we'll have a time of examinations. If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Wow, what? What an offering. So let's go to our Lord in prayer before we partake this morning. And, and I just pray that right now that you just allow, you just, just stand. And I pray that you'd visualize the cross and Christ crucified. Not for his own sins, but for your sins. 
And I just pray, uh, ask you to right now, just ask the Lord, God, is there anything in my life that, that God, that I'm, I'm, I'm living in that, that I've not confessed? That God, if there's, if there's immorality within my life, God, if there's anger within my life, if there's unforgiveness within my life, if there's pride or greed within my life, that God, I just pray that you'd expose that. And I just say, you call it by name. You don't need to do it out loud, but you, you call it by name in your heart that God, I'm struggling with this area, and God, forgive me. I've sinned. And Father, I just pray as we come now, as we come and to this picture of the cross, that God, that not only it brings us memory of what Christ has done for us, but God, in our own lives, that, that God, that will expose any unconfessed sin within our own life. And God, I pray that we can be honest with ourselves and be honest with you right now. And God, that we can call our sin for what it is. And God, that um, we bring it to you and just ask you, Father, for forgiveness. God, I want to thank you, Father, for the broken body and the shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bless this moment in Christ's name. Amen. I want to ask our ushers if you'd come at this time as we, we share in the Lord's Supper together. Again, the apostle spoke. He said that the Lord Jesus, the same night which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Brother Willard, would you pray for us, please, sir? Father, we do thank you so much, Father, for this bread, Lord, that represents the body of my precious Savior, Father. Thank you, Father, for what he did for us, Father, what we couldn't do for ourselves, Lord. Oh, thank you, Father, in Jesus' name.
as Jesus reminded this, this, this bread is my body, which is broken for you. Then he gave us another picture. Because he says that, and after the same manner, he also took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, this cup, this, this fruit of the vine, is the New Testament, it's a new covenant in my blood. This do you as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. Rodney, would you pray for us, please? Father, we thank you for this time of worship. Lord, we thank you that you brought us to remember you. Yes, Lord. Jesus has said this cup is a picture it's a picture of the new covenant that's made through my blood thank God for the blood thank God for his grace
as our ushers are up here and we conclude that picture of what God has given us as he gave us the best through Jesus Christ. Let's go, go ahead and take our offering up this morning where we're challenged to bring our, our tithes into the storehouse. The only place in all of scripture where God says, hey, you test me, test me. He says, just test me that if, if you would bring your tithes into the storehouse, that I would not open up heaven and bless you. Folks, I challenge you to bring your first fruits to the Lord. And he'll take care of you more than you ever thought. And, um, and so today as we come, we want to thank God for the privilege of being able to give back to him. Father, we love you, Lord, and God, we thank you. You gave your best in Jesus Christ. God, you gave of the first fruits, you gave of the best that heaven had to offer. And God, I pray that now as we, we come, we give back into you that which you've already given to us. God, let us give of our best. Father, let us give of our first fruits. And God, you use these monies for your glory as the gospel of Jesus Christ is taken through the nations. We love you, we praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Our ushers are finished with the gospel, I mean, with the, with the offering. I just ask you, if you're happy in Jesus, why don't you get up and tell somebody today, I'm happy in my Jesus Christ. God is good. Let's get happy in Christ. Let's all stand. Greet each other in the name of Jesus Christ. What a day, Gabe. What a day that will be. God, call my men back up. Men, come get in place and we'll, we'll roll again. Everybody keep your feet. We'll sing one more. We got a special and then we're going to get into the Word.
Come on, men. Boy, y'all did a good job while ago, too. I got one real. I got one real quick announcement to make before before we sing, but I would like to uh, I would like to honor my wife for staying with me for forty years today. Forty years ago today, God blessed me, and if I had uh, if I had it all to do over again, I wouldn't change a thing. And God has certainly been good to us. Amen. Wow, what a day. There is coming a day when no heartache shall come, no more clouds in the sky, no more tears to dim the eye.
What a day, glorious day that will be. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, guys. Appreciate that. Mark, you hang around. You hang around. All right, y'all can be seated. Before Brother Johnny comes, we've got one more thing we're going to do. And I got a special, and I'm just going to let Brother Mark share with you. And as he's getting in place, uh, tell you what, if you're if you if you've never received Jesus, you're still in your sins. The way to change that is to cry out to Jesus. If you're a born again believer and you're going through tough times, you can cry out to Jesus. And uh, let this let this song bless your heart. Cry out to Jesus.
Thank you, Mark, and love that song. So no matter who you are, that, that um, no matter how far you may think you've fallen, you can still cry out to Jesus. And no matter, guy, how bad you might think you'd be, you're never, you're never where you don't need Jesus Christ. And I encourage you to cry out to Jesus. Today is, we, we're celebrating that, that the men of our church, I thank God for this church, it's a masculine church, and, and, um, and then ladies, we thank you. But guys, it's a time that men need to stamp up. Men need to begin to be men and um, take the roles that, they, they, um, that God has given them, and we're going to be focusing on that today. Um, I, want to, I, I do want to take this opportunity for a little advertisement, uh, uh, advertisement. Guys, we, we need some of our young guys to step up and get involved with our missions program with us. And, um, and God's doing incredible work in Honduras and around the world. And um, this past week, we went down and, um, to Roatan, an island off of Honduras. Um, 90,000 people on a small island. And most are in the need of Jesus Christ. There's some missionaries down there that, that um, have a little school there where they're teaching English and they're teaching trades and during the time, same time teaching the gospel. We worked with two teenage boys that went through the school that knew no English before, didn't know Christ before they started going to school, and now they are just perfect within their English. Um, they're going back and helping teach in school. They worked as volunteers for, I mean, if we hadn't had them, we couldn't have done it this week. And, um, but but, but it's, it's a way to, to teach um, young men and, and young women about Jesus Christ, and um, we just provide them a facility to be able to do that. And um, we provide churches with a with a, a place to be able to build. And um, and, um, and so, guys, we need, we need some of you. We need some of your brawn down there. A lot of us are getting old and aged now. I can tell you that. And, um, and so, we need some young men to come up behind us and begin to carry this on. And then you can pass it on to your children. So. Um, um, a very important ministry. We need you to continue to, to be able to support. I thank God for this church supporting International Mission Builders. Just incredible works that are going on across the world. You know what's so interesting this week? Roatan's a place of 90,000 people. It's, a, it's, it's an island. And um, after we've been there for a week, 
and you can verify this through any of our men, wherever we went, people were asking about the building we were built. Everywhere. I mean, from one end to the island, everyone knew there were a bunch of gringos there building a school. I mean, everywhere we went, at the airport, at a resort, we went the last day to, um, uh, for, a, for a little relaxation. Everywhere we went, we were on the top of a tree zip lining, and they were asking us about the school. <laughs> Folks, word gets around when the light of Jesus shines. And I, I tell you, you when, when you begin to hear that, it makes it all worthwhile. We had men, just you know, older Honduran men, just, just thanking us for being there. I tell you, I like some of that, and you can get you some of that too, but you need to go. And so, man, we just challenge you. Today is Wednesday. I want to show you this clip. Brother Robert shared it with me, and I want to share that with you, and then we'll get right into the messages. Again, we're just challenging guys to be guys. Let's step up and be some men. So, Daryl, if you can pull this clip up, and then we'll get right into the message. While he's doing that, if you want to take your Bibles and turn to 1 Chronicles, the 28th chapter, we're going to be looking at verse 20 today. 1 Chronicles 28, chapter, verse 20. But let's look at this, this, this clip. You are strong. You are brave. You are capable. You are part of the Lord's most valuable creation. You have ability. You have potential. You have gifts given to you by the Lord. You have talents to share with the world. You are a writer, an athlete, an inventor, an artist, a musician, a technician, and these talents will change people. You have joy to spread. You have jokes to tell, kind words to give, and wisdom to bestow. And that joy will change people. You are full of more amazing qualities, traits, and virtues than you could ever imagine, given to you by the Lord who loves you, who loves you, who loves you no matter who you are, whether you're the big man on campus, or the small guy in the back of the line, whether you like swinging baseball bats, or you like swing dancing, whether you're the fastest or the slowest, the tallest or the shortest, the skinniest or you could lose a few pounds, whether you're captain of the team or last one picked, whether your dad could beat up his dad or you never had anyone in your life who could fill that role, whether you're the champion of champions or you feel like the loser of losers, regardless of who you may think you are, the reality is, is that you have a responsibility because you have a power inside you. A power that was formed before the beginning of time in a secret place by the God of the universe. There is a man inside of you, inside of each and every one of you that is waiting to burst forth and change the world. A man that loves, encourages, comforts, 
shares, teaches, laughs, cries, and who builds up those around him. That man is where your strength lies. That man is where your potential lies. And that man is where your gifts, talent, courage, ability, and joy lies. And your responsibility as a son of God is to find that man and to set that man free. And when he is set free, he will bring change to our broken world. You will bring change to our broken world. And any voices in your head that are trying to tell you differently are from the enemy. And the next time you hear them, this is what you say. You say, nah, uh not me, Satan. I am a son of the living God, treasured, entrusted, and loved above all things by the creator of all things for the glory of him who is greater than all things. I am awesome. And don't you forget it. This is who you are. Guys, I just want to say, I want you to say to yourself right now, say it out loud right now, I am awesome. I'm a man. Don't be afraid to say that. Feminists, see, we've, we've come through a culture where feminism has tried to emasculate you. But we need men to stand up and be men. God created you. He's given you the strength. He's given you the, 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 uh, the way to think. And God has made you an awesome creation. And I pray, as even as we heard today, that that which God has placed within you, that, that it can be, begin to be tapped. We don't have to be ashamed anymore. We don't have to be politically correct anymore. Men, let's stand up and be men. Our world needs you. You can change the world. As I was thinking about this, 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 this day, and I was thinking, God, what, what, what should I share? What, what should I bring? God began to bring something that... Occurred in my life many years ago and many times in my life, and, and, he, and he brought the scripture together for me. And, and if, if you take your Bibles and turn to 1 Chronicles, the 28th chapter, I want us to read together verse 20. And let's all stand together in honor of God's word. This is where David, in the latter part of his years, is speaking to his son. And, and he's, he's, he's laying some responsibility down upon Solomon. David know, knew that his time was short. And now it was time to pass the baton. And David said these words to Solomon. And he said these words in verse 20, or chapter 28, verse 20. And David said to Solomon, his son, Be strong and of good courage and do it. What he was speaking about is finishing the temple that I have, that God had given me the plans for. But you're the man. You're the man to build the temple. And he said, be strong and of good courage and do it. I just like that. See, Naki didn't come up with that. The Word of God came up with that. Just do it. Just do it. Fear not, and be dis- nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, even my God, will be with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee, until thou hast finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I just want to thank you for this day. God, you're so good to us. God, I want to thank you that, God, that we're all wonderfully and perfectly made. God, it was you, that, that God, from the foundation of the world, that God, that, that you, that, that created us as men, you created us as, as, as women, dear Father, to complete one another. And God, that we all have responsibilities, whether it be men, whether it be women. And God, it's just time for men, it's time for women to step up and take the responsibilities that has been passed on to us, that we can pass on to the next generation, dear Lord. 
And God, I just pray that you'd bless this service, God. Whether the, even though this word is prepared, that, that, that God, to, to challenge our men, I pray that women, Lord, their hearts would also be challenged. It's amazing how your Holy Spirit can take any scripture in God and do what you want to in our lives. And I just pray, God, there will be a freedom this morning to do what you want in our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. One of the things I heard from my dad, and I heard it time and time again, these words. He'd say, he'd say to me, son, be a man, son. Just be a man. I mean, I heard that. I heard that throughout my life. And it seemed like he, he turned up the repetition the, 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 the older I get, son, be a man. And then I remember long, long before my dad passed away, that Wanda Sue came home. She was visiting with daddy. And she came back and she said, you know what your daddy did today? And I'm sure that he was sitting at the table and I can see him sitting there with the oxygen on smoking a cigarette. Why he didn't blow up Baker County? <laughs> but she said he grabbed her by the arm. And she asked her, Wanda Sue, is Johnny a man? Is he really a man? <laughs> And she came home and said, man, something weird, you know, this is what your daddy was asking. What to me? He was serious about that. The big desire of his heart that his son grew up to be a man. Now, what was he speaking about? What was on his mind? What was, 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 was he so intense about? Was he just being some macho no. You see, in, in our world today, we confuse real manhood with things the world calls manhood. Being a man does not mean you're the biggest, strongest, baddest guy on the block. My daddy was a pretty big, strong guy. He's one of the strongest guys I ever met. Being a man wasn't because you could dress yourself all up in fatigues and go hunting and shoot a deer and haul him around to the back of your truck and, um, and um, you know, that you're an outdoorsman. That's not being a man. My dad was a, a great outdoorsman. Being a man wasn't just, you know, being able to get out and do well in business and show everybody else what you've done by all that you've built. Dad did pretty well for himself. See, um, being a man just is not as a definition that we're part of the male gender of the human race. Being a man is much deeper than that. And that's what we want to talk about today. You see, I think that's what David was telling Solomon. I think what David said in Solomon in, 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 in greater length is, I just want you to be a man. I want you to be a man. And, and so today, let's take it that and let's look at that. And, and guys, I want to challenge every one of us, including myself. Are you a man? Am I fulfilling that which has been, that, that God has placed within me? Because it's time that we step and start up and start being men. Guys, I wonder if God would grab your wife by the arm 
and look her in the eyes and ask her the question, is your husband a man? What would your wife say? She might say, well, he's a brute, but that doesn't answer. But just think about that. If God would just grab your wife by the hand and say, is he a man? What would they say? So let's stop and let's just, let's just look at this. And I can only take it in a, in a short form and, and, and mostly today. It's just to challenge you with that thought. But as Solomon was saying, as David was saying these words to, to Solomon, let's just look at some of the things and break out right from this verse what was being said. Because as David said these words to Solomon, and, and David was that old man. David was, was, was my dad in his older age, knowing that, that soon he would be gone and knowing that, that his only legacy would be, be that son. And basically he's grabbing Solomon by the arm and saying, Solomon, be a man. And he said these words to him. He says, and David said to Solomon, the son, be strong and of good courage. You know, when, when David was saying that, he says, a real man is, is, is a man that's courageous within his walk. And when he's speaking of courageous, he doesn't mean doing some crazy stunts like they do on X Games or like so many of the young people like to do that they think of courage. Sometimes that's just foolishness. What he's speaking about having courage is he said that men need to grow some backbones. That men need to be able to stand up and not be ashamed of doing what's right anymore. That we don't have to apologize for doing what's right, even if it's going to cost us something. Even if everyone else is going to, 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 to shower down on us, just do what's right. Have the backbone to stand up and say that which is true and not cower down by the politically correct or popular opinion out there. Guys, we need some men that will stand up with some backbone. Your wives need some men that will stand up with some backbones within their house. And when he's saying be strong and of good courage, what, what he's saying, and, and, and you know, let me, let me explain to you, this is a, something that was repeated time and time and time and time and time and time and time in Scripture. As a matter of fact, these words were spoken repetitive times in Scripture. Let me just read some of them to you to, to see that, that God is, is telling men, you need to have some backbones out there. There's work to do. And we need strong men, we need courageous men to do these works. Deuteronomy 31.6, when Moses spoke to Israel, Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he is that, 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 that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Deuteronomy 31.7, And Moses called unto Joshua and said to him in the sight of all of Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for thou must go with this people into the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give to them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. Deuteronomy 31.23, And he gave Joshua the son of Nun a charge and said, Be strong and of good courage. Thou shalt bring the children of Israel into the land which I swear unto them. And I will be with you. Joshua 1 6, where God spoke to Joshua, Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide an inheritance of the land, and I swear unto their fathers, and I give them. Joshua 1 9, 
9, where the word says, Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whether the, soever thou goest. Joshua 1, 18, Whosoever that doth rebel against thy commandment and will not hearken unto thy words in all that thou commandest him, he shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. Joshua 10, 25. And Joshua said unto them, Fear not, nor be dismayed, be of strong and of good courage, for thus shall the Lord do to all your enemies against whom they fight. Now, I might not be the sharpest pencil in the box, but when I hear something repeated time after time after time after time, I need to stop and listen. And he's challenging us as men. The folks, we need to be strong and of good courage. We need to develop a backbone. We don't, need to stay, we don't need to be ashamed to stand up and do what's right because, folks, there's a world out there. that The, the reason this is, is so important because there's a world out there trying to rob you of the responsibility that God has given you. You see, there's a world out there that even as, especially as in our generation with a political um, correct movement and the feminist music, um, movement is trying to take away your manhood. That's trying to, to tell you that you don't need to be the leader of your house. They're telling you that, you know, you, you, all you need to do is supply the, you know, the seed and, and, and you don't need to be the, the father of your home. Folks, that's crazy. And our society is paying the consequences because men have not had the courage to continue to be the men that God's called us to be. And there's, there's a world. Every time you, you look on the TV of a sitcom, you know, the, the men, the husbands or the dads or, or, or the boyfriends are all the stupid bumpkins. Everything in the world is coming against you that's, that's telling you you don't have to be a man. You need to stand up and be a man. You need to stand up and be courageous. Even within your family. Guys, when you stand up and you begin to be the man in the family, you begin to be the husband within the family, you're going to be the, the, the wife, I mean the, the dad in the family. Guess what? Your children's not going to like it all the time. But what I see today is where children are ruling the homes rather than the men's running the homes. Children decide whether you go to church or children decide where you go to church. That's one of the craziest things where, you know, the children tell the parents where they want to go to church. Guys, it's time for you to draw a, a, and, and, and put a, a peg down that says, I'm the man. God has given me the responsibility. I'm calling the shots around this place. And guess what? You're going to be held in judgment for it one day. You're going to stand before the Lord thy God one day. And so if I'm, if I'm going to stand in judgment, then I'm going to be calling the shots. As a matter of fact, there's going to be times you're going to be making decisions, whether it be financial decisions or where you locate your family, that your wife may not very like it very much. You're the man. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't discount what she says and that you shouldn't talk about that. But ultimately, it's not your wife that's going to be standing before the Lord. It's going to be you standing before the Lord for the decisions that are made in that house. God sees husband and wife as, as completely equal. But yet he has set up um, lines of responsibility within the house. You have your responsibility, men. Your wives have their responsibility. And, and, and each of you are going to stand before the Lord. But we need men, and the world needs men, Christian men with backbone to stand up and be the man, be the decision maker over the home. And if the whole bunch of them gets mad about it, so be it. Amen. 
You know, as a matter of fact, the Bible says, Jesus says, if you follow me, we studied this in, in Honduras this week. You're going to have to pick up your cross and follow me. And he says, even if you have to stand against your, 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 your wife, your children, or even your parents. But see, God is wanting to test you. Who do you love most? Do you love mo- me most? Or have you made idols out of your family? Folks, that takes courage. And we need you guys to stand up and take courage. Don't let your children run the house. You know, the Bible teaches us that foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. That's what the Word says. And so if we're allowing our children to run our house, and we're allowing foolishness to run our house, they don't know any better. That's our responsibility to teach them, to work that foolishness out of them and point them to the truth, which is the Word of God. And so it may mean that we need to change a bunch of our habits, guys. But God says you need to be courageous because the world is pushing against you. Sometimes your family is pushing against you. I grant you there's, a, there's an evil one. There's a, there's a spiritual warfare that's pushing against you because, because, of, because if it can destroy the head, then it can destroy the rest of the, the body. One wise leader said, or everything rises and falls on leadership. Any, any organization, whether it, be a, whether it be a church, whether it be a business, whether it be in the family, Everything rises and falls on leadership. No organization is better than the leader. And so just think about within our homes. If that is true, and I believe, I, believe that's, I believe that is an absolute truth. That's why leaders, even in the Word of God, are held higher to a higher set of accountability because, because everything rises and falls on leadership. And so guys, your home is no better than you. Your home will never, never rise up higher than the leader within that home, and God has called you as a leader. It takes courage to be a leader. You can't pass that responsibility. God has called you. He has called you to be the provider of your home. He's called you to be the protector of your home. He's called you to be the spiritual leader of your home. And you can't give that off to no one else, not even your wife. You can't give it off to the preacher. You're the one that's going to have to stand in responsibility. And and your your house will be no better taken care of than what you take care of it, whether it be financially, whether it be emotionally, whether it be spiritually. It all rises and falls upon leadership. And we're going to stand before the Lord one day. So we need to do what we need, what we should do. It takes courage to do that. You know, the worst thing that I fight, the worst temptation that I fight on being a man, you're looking at him, me. It's either through selfish ambition or self-preservation. Ourself is the biggest thing that we'll fight. From being the man that God has called us to be. Folks, we need courage to even stand against ourselves. We need courage to stand up and say, this is not about me. 
This is about my wife. This is about my family. This is about my church. This is about my culture. And stand up and be a man. Wouldn't it be nice within our government that, that if, if, if God would bless and that, that men would begin to stand up within our, our, our government, whether it be county commission, whether it be school board, whether it be House of Representatives, whether it be Senate, whether they're president, that begin to, you know, to, to, to have enough courage and say, you know, it's not about me being elected anymore. It's about me just doing the right thing. It's about me just, what's best for my country? What's best for my next generation? You know, it's just not about self anymore. You know, if I don't get elected, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to at least speak what needs to be spoken. Folks, it wouldn't take, it wouldn't, it wouldn't take, but it wouldn't take but a, a couple of years to turn everything around. But, 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 you know, we, but we, the problem is, is, is we can, we can point at all of those in Washington or all of those in Tallahassee, but folks, we've got the same disease of selfishness right within our homes. You're talking about something to start changing families in a, in a hurry. What if men would stand up and say, it's not about me anymore. It's about my family. You'd change families. Gosh, you'd have guys going to work instead of trying to get on the disability program out there. You know, you'd have guys that, was, that, you know, that, 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 that would become disciplinarians in their, chill, in, their, in, in their family's house rather than put it off on the wife. You'd have guys that were, were going to the teachers and saying, you don't have any more problems with my children. Oh, just give me a call. We'll take care of that. It would, it would change immediately if men would just stand up and start being men. And I'm telling you guys, your wives will just begin to love on you and begin to stand up and clap and say, I've got a man for a husband. Do you understand what I'm trying to say today? Folks, it takes courage for men to stand up and be men. Tell you what, it's something else where, where David says, you know what, you just need to do it. We need men that's going to be dependable in the responsibilities. We can talk about daddy, but, 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 but just because you can, you can bring a child into the world doesn't make you a daddy. Just because you're the biological, you gave the biological seed... Fathers are men that, 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 that take the responsibility that's been given to them. And guys, God has given you the responsibility. I've already spoken about him. He's, he's given you the responsibility to be the head of that home. He's given you the responsibility to be the provider of that home, to be the protector of that home, to be the disciplinarian of that home. The question is, am I going to take that responsibility? Or am I going to try to push it off on somebody else? David says, just do it. Don't talk about it. Don't show everybody your plans. Don't say, you know, he says, just do it. Just do it. You know, it it, it may be time we just need to quit talking and just start doing out there. When I, when I, when I thought about that, I I think about my dad. I, I, I refer to him a lot because I tell you, the older I get, the more I thank God for my dad. Because dad took his responsibilities real seriously. I, when I look back, and, and, and he, he was a county official back then, didn't make any money at all. And, um, and then, so he had another business. He was a cattleman also. He, he literally leave before daylight and come home at 11 o'clock about every night. Just don't know how he did it. 
He's just raising a bunch of kids. He's just trying to raise a bunch of kids and get them through, you know, get them through school and college, even though he never even had a, a high school diploma. He wanted his children to be able to succeed, and, and he worked day and night. And I tell you what, he didn't shook his responsibility to everyone. Mama, you know, discipline. Oh, mom, mama, could, mama could tear me up, and it, I'd just laugh, you know. She just hit. But, buddy, when daddy showed up, things changed. After a while, she just quit with that. You know, it was, you know, it was all kind of fun and games. You know, but once Daddy showed up, you didn't want you no more of that. Because that's the thing about it, guys. When you discipline your children, you don't have to do it much. You just need to do it right once or twice. You know, the, again, political correct world, correct world says you can't do that. That's poppycock. God has given you the responsibility of your children. He's not given Hillary Clinton the responsibility of your children. <laughs> She's not going to stand in judgment. You're going to stand in judgment how your children turn out. And so you, you do it, and you do it in love. And you do it with a purpose that you're trying, you're trying to, 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 to teach them and conform them to the image of Christ. And, and, and you know, you never... You never discipline out of anger. You never discipline um, in that way. You always discipline with a purpose. Just do it. Don't talk about it. Well, I heard some parent the other day, a child is just going crazy. If you don't stop, I'm going to, you know, and I heard that all day long. That child's not paying attention to you at all. One, that's exactly right, Brother Jack. One out in one ear and out the other. It, it, you shouldn't have to say it but one time. You, you, know, so you may think, it's crazy, you can't do that. Yes, you can. And, but you just got to do it. You've got to be the provider. You've got to be the protector. You've got to be the disciplinarian. You've got to be the teacher. You can't, you can't, you can't. You can't push that off on somebody else. You're the main teacher, Dad. You're the one that's with that child when they wake up in the morning. And they're, yes, you and your wife work together, but ultimately you're going to stand in responsibility. You need to be the one saying the prayers around the house. You need to be the one that, 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 that says teaching the Scripture. Yes, you do it alongside of your wives, but, but man, it's, it's just, you know, that's a very godly thing. That's one thing around my house always. Man, when we come together, we all eat together. I've been in homes where, you know, dinner would be served and some of the kids would go be taking their plate over to the um, TV and they'd all be spread around. You, you, you gather them up and let them hear Daddy pray blessings over that food. Thanking God for what He's done. And having that conversation, what's went on. Those are sacred moments within the house. But you know what? You have to just do it. I remember my dad right before we, right before he died. Again, he's hauling that oxygen tainer, you know, and he caught it his breathalyzer. He had his breathalyzer with him, and we were out in Ocean Pond, and he wanted to go fishing. He wasn't wanting to go fishing. He just wanted to talk to me. And I, I remember that was the day that he was telling me about how he had done his finances to take care of mom, and he just wanted us to know. And he said, because even in his older age, he was wanting to make sure, he knew that he wasn't going to live very longer. 
but he wanted to make sure that his wife was taken care of. I'm telling you what, that means a lot to me. You see, your job's never done. Even when you get old, the job's never done. See, you just have to do it, guys. And I remember, I remember about him also. He loved hunting. He loved fishing, but he didn't ever do much hunting or fishing when we were all growing up. He's just trying to provide for the family. Now, once we all grew up, he, see, he sacrificed that. It may be that we got some men that needs to stop. They need to sacrifice their love for ball or their love for, and just spend some time with their family. Your kids are going to grow up and move away one day. Then you can focus on that. Then you couldn't get him out of the woods after, you know, after we all left. That's okay. But see, it, it was not about selfishness. It was about the family. About the family, just doing it. He, he went on and he, he said these words. He says, not only do you need to have some courage, and not only do you need to be dependable and just do it, but he also said, For the Lord thy God, even my God, will be with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee until thou finished all the work of the service of the Lord. He knew his dependence. A real man knows his dependence is on Christ. He knows that's where his ultimate strength is, is in Christ. You see, we preach and teach, especially in Americanism, independence so much. And I'm, an, I'm the independent, rugged man. I can do it all by myself. No, you can't. You can't do, you can't do the eternal things by yourself. You need an eternal God. And you need to understand that you need to lean on Christ. The Word of God says, not by might nor by, by, nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. That we need Christ and Christ alone. And that's what David was telling Solomon. You need to be a man who trusts your God. See, that's where our courage comes from. That when I stand up and I do the right thing, that I want to trust my God to provide the results. Even though I have to stand by myself, I'm going to trust my God to do that. That's so important. You know, my dad was not a great teacher of the Word. He, he wasn't the best reader in the whole world. And, but you could see it through his actions, through his love of people. And I, I was thinking about this early this morning as I was thinking about when, when, when we grew up, my daddy was a cattleman, and, and the, market was on, the market was on Mondays. So if you're a cattleman, what you need to do on Monday, I mean, uh, uh, cows had to be pinned the day before, and then they had to be sorted the day before before you take them to market. There was many a Sunday morning before daylight we were pinning cows, but we were always back for Sunday school. And then we'd leave church, and then we'd go sort cows, and then we were back for evening service. Do you think I made a difference in my life? Do you think that implanted in, in, in this boy's life that church was important? You bet it did. Uh, of all